servant goes to get a bride for Isaac and he is bringing her back. We've got some young people here. Let God be the one that gets you your spouse. He can handle that. He can do it. He can get it done. Genesis uh, chapter 24 verse 63 and Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the eventide and he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel. Now, the old joke was, you know, this is the first cigarette smoking in the Bible. <laughs> but I don't know if you even know what a camel is anymore in that uh, context. Verse 64, and Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel. He, uh, he lifted up his eyes, and she lifted up her eyes. Verse 65, for she had said unto the servant, what man is this that walketh in the field to meet us? And the servant had said, it is my master. Therefore she took a veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all things that he had done. And Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent and took Rebekah and she became his wife and he loved her and Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. The Lord brought them. You know what the Lord did with Adam and Eve? He saw it wasn't good for the man to be alone, and he uh, he made an help meet for him, and he brought her unto the man. God can handle these things, but that's not what we're preaching tonight. But don't listen to the liberal line teachers of our day. You get alone with God, and you be the man and woman that God wants you to be, and he'll take care of all the details. You live close to him. But I want to notice that word there in verse, uh, where is it? 63, and Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the eventide. I want to preach tonight on the benefits of meditation. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll come down and speak to us as we just, I suppose, do a little study in your word on thinking about things, on meditation. Dear God, I pray that you'd help us to not be like this distracted generation with all of Satan's devices. And I pray, dear Lord, that we think about you and spend time with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, and I want to say tonight that the Bible commands and recommends meditation. 
Now, meditation means to think deeply or focus one's mind. Uh, you very seldom, if ever, meditate while you're doing this. Okay? That's not meditation. That's not what it looks like at all. Meditation happens when you are alone with God. Evening and morning and at noon is a real good time. <laughs> That's three different times, isn't it? For you to get alone with God. Talk to Him. Don't get me wrong. I think you young people ought to listen and confide and learn a lot from your parents. But let me tell you somebody more important than your parents. God. I think you ought to listen to your pastor. you got a great one around here. <laughs> but let me tell you somebody way more important than your pastor. God. Amen. You ought to listen to some good teachers. But let me tell you, somebody way more important than your teachers. God. If you'll spend time with God, he will show up. Let me tell you about young people. They're real interested in who they get married to. <laughs> that is something at the top of their mind. And God shows up and takes care of those types of things. And one of these days it'll be business. And one of these days it'll be retirement. And one of these days it'll be some heartache you're in. And one of these days it'll be some trouble. And God has a plan, as Miss Selby has often told us, for those things. Are you close enough to him? To hear when he gives you the answer that you need. You stay with him. You keep your mind on him. There are a thousand distractions coming at you. If you can concentrate on God, all the answers will come. Your life will be guided by the one that has all the answers. Your mom and daddy have more answers than you do. Your teachers may have more answers than you do, but God has every single one of them. Amen. Go ahead and plug in there. Now, Bible commands meditation. It talks about meditation. I believe we don't talk enough about meditation. So I'm going to talk about some of the benefits of it. The first one I'm going to call devotion. I maybe didn't organize this as good as I would have, could have, should have. But you can be devoted. You can be focused. You can concentrate on something if you are in the habit of meditation. That is, thinking deeply or focusing one's mind. Prayer is closely related to meditation. As you pray and talk to God, your mind ought to be seriously focused in thinking about and concentrating on what you're talking to Him about. And let me tell you something. He talks back to you. Number one in the scriptures, Bible reading ought to be highly connected to meditation and prayer. But also in circumstances, in the way he guides, in the way he leads, and the things he impresses on your mind and heart. That only comes as you sharpen these skills, as you strengthen these muscles of focusing in a day that doesn't know anything about focusing. That can't concentrate for more. If you can concentrate for 30 minutes in 2022, you are in the 98 percentile, buddy. Amen. You're in the top 2%. Most people cannot concentrate 30 minutes. I was obviously joking when I made the little joke a minute ago that we, you know, go till midnight. Can you imagine <laughs> trying to get this bunch in this generation to listen to something till midnight? Boy, you'd be lost. Devotion. 
All right, now uh, we'll notice first of all from this text, it said Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the eventide. Alone. I don't read about anybody else there. Until his woman shows up. And I'd say that'd be okay with some of you young men, wouldn't it? Would that, would that be an okay interruption for you? I mean, it came from the Lord, you know. Alone. It's an evening. It's real conducive to prayer. And it's real conducive to blessing. Isaac is tickled when Rebecca showed up. <laughs> what was happening? He and God were in fellowship. I guarantee you if the wrong one gets brought to you, you will not be rejoicing. You talk about heartaches and troubles. Alone, evening, prayer. I'll tell you something else I notice about these things. God's attention shows up. The psalmist says in Psalm 5, or it's David, is who it is. He says, give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. When you're meditating, you're interacting with God. When you're meditating in the, in the sense that the Bible teaches meditation, you're interacting with God. And prayer goes right with that. And you say, Lord, listen to my prayer. Hear my prayer. Give ear to my words. Consider my meditation. Uh, join in with me, God. Let you and I fellowship. It is so hard to focus on people today. When is the last time you've been in a waiting room or a restaurant and people were there that were supposed to be together and they weren't even pointed towards each other? They weren't looking at each other. They weren't listening to each other. How do you think that makes somebody feel? Do you remember times you were trying to talk to somebody and they were obviously distracted and turned a different direction and looking at other people and not listening to you? How did that make you feel? Hey, Christian, if we can notice it, don't you know the God that knows everything notices when we're praying and supposedly spending quiet time with him and our mind is everywhere else? God help us to shut some things down and look at God. Let's turn our feet toward him, so to speak. Let's turn our eyes toward him. He got alone. There was no person there distracting him. Thank God there was no electronic screen there distracting him. He got alone with God. He got God's attention. That is a real good practice. You ought to do it multiple times a day. At the very least, one time per day. Did you and the Lord talk today as we often quote that song, Ere you left your room this morning, did you think to pray? In the name of Christ our Savior, did you sue for loving favor as your guide and stay? Oh, how praying rests the weary. Prayer can change the night today, so when life seems dark and dreary, don't forget to pray. Anybody here ever get tired of the trials of life? Oh, yeah toils of life are you sick about worrying about some things you've been worrying about for a long time meditate pray every day spend time with God casting all your care on him for he careth for you you'll know that about somebody you spend any time with you know why because out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh they'll say something about it I'm concerned about people even that sit in a Bible-believing Baptist church pew and never talk about Jesus. 
something's wrong. Never talk about the Lord. Some of them might talk about standards, and you know me, I'm an old-fashioned Bible-believing fundamentalist Baptist. I believe in the old-fashioned standards, but if it's not Jesus you're doing those for, something's wrong, as we talked about in our list sermon for this morning. Amen. Talking about all the friends you have in the Bible-believing Baptist circles, and that's good. If you can keep a friend in a Bible-believing Baptist circle, you're doing better than me. <laughs> But talking about friends, but not talk, I'm talking about human friends, but not talking about the main friend, the Lord Jesus. If he's on your heart, you're spending time with him every day, he'll come out of your mouth. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he, that famous verse in Proverbs says. Both mouth and heart are closely connected in this subject of meditation. Psalm 19, 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Well, that gives you an important secret. He is present while you're meditating. That also gives you an important reminder about a bunch of other things. He's present when you're talking to your friends. He's present when you're talking on the phone. He's present when you're sending a chat. He's present when you're sending a text. He's present through all that stuff. He's present when you're making a TikTok video with them dirty words all in it. How many people are shocked at what the Bible-believing Baptists, the fundamentalists, whatever you want to call us all, are putting on social media videos? This stuff wouldn't have been put up with in years gone by. Something's changed. Somebody's not worried about pleasing the Lord Jesus. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. He's seeing all that. I've told you about at work when people will cuss and talk filth around me and they notice I'm there they'll say oh sorry about that Bob didn't see you there and I had that pat answer that I always give them don't worry about me worry about that one that always hears <laughs> some of us Baptists need to remember that don't we we almost think that social media is its own little I, I preached for years that uh, obviously two unmarried people male and female shouldn't be rubbing their bodies against each other but if they do go to a dance all of a sudden that's an exception Obviously, people shouldn't strip off naked in public, you know. But whenever they go to certain swimming things and stuff, obvious, all of a sudden, that's an exception. And let me tell you something. A lot of times with uh, social media, a bunch of Christians these days are acting like that's an exception to a lot of stuff they believe. Uh, we're making too many exceptions. Hey, listen, God is there too. And he sees all those things. And we compartmentalize in our minds, all of a sudden it's okay to just drop everything. Mm -mm. The Lord ought to smite our hearts about some of these things. It's alone. It gets God's attention. It involves both mouth and heart. I'll tell you something else, though. It influences your wisdom and understanding. Psalm 49. My mouth shall speak of wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. Now in the old days, a lot of the great people would journal. 
they would write what happened in their day and what they're working on and what they're concerned with. You know what that tells me? It tells me they were meditating. They were thinking about it. They were thinking about it to the point of writing it down. And a lot of people said, isn't it great? What a, what a historical coincidence that so many of these great people have left us their journals so that we can see what was going through their mind when these great life-changing and history-changing things were happening. What a strange coincidence. And somebody else said, no, it isn't a coincidence. The reason that they were making those big differences because they were journaling. And I would argue the reason they were journaling is because they were meditating. They were making a plan. Oh, man, the Lord's smiting me as I talk about this. It's on to one thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next show, to the next concern, to the next phone call, to the next text, to the next chat. Hey, when do you ever get about an hour and go out in the field alone? Jesus sure did. Did he not go up in a mountain Amen. and pray all night? Hey, we better turn some things off, spend some time meditating, and invite the Lord to come look in on our thoughts and listen to our words both mouth and heart, wisdom and understanding. Psalm 119, 99, I have more understanding than all my teachers for thy testimonies are my meditation. I have to be careful here. Because <laughs> it might be the Lord's will for some of you to go for some higher education, and I'm all for it. I went and got a couple of degrees past high school, and I believe the Lord was in it. But you will get more from knowing your Bible and meditating on it than you will from any classroom you ever sit in. I'm not knocking education. I got some and I believe in it and I encourage when that's the Lord's will for your life and he's leading you that way for you to do it. I'm not running down, you know, formal education. But boy, I don't put any trust in it either. You know where I put trust? In the Word of God. You need to meditate on it, and you need to ruminate, and you need to chew on it, and you need to get every bit of good on it, swallow it down, burp it back up like a cow does, and chew some more, and think about it some more, and talk about it some more, and somebody else that knows about it, go talk to them about it, and get all the good you can out of that thing, because those are the words of God. That'll beat anything any human teacher will ever give you. And it says in Psalm 119.99, this brother Bob didn't write this, I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. That's what will do it. Both mouth and heart, wisdom and understanding. Let it be by night in my word. But Psalm 119.148, mine eyes prevent the night watches that I might meditate in thy word. You know what's going on at night? There aren't any distractions. Well, unless you flip one on. <laughs> Everybody else is asleep. You're not getting as many phone calls. Not getting as many texts, I hope. Ah, <laughs> oh, find a place where there's no distractions or make a place where there's no distractions and let his testimonies be your meditation. All right, so devotion, focus. Concentration, whatever you want to call it. Here's the next one. Ah, oh, this is the best one. Deity. As I've already mentioned a little bit, you get in communion with God when you get alone and meditate and 
you've planted plenty of the seed of the word of God in your mind. You know what you get? You get devotion, but more importantly, you get deity. Psalm 63, 6. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. When you get alone, think about God. Think about what his plan is for your life. Think about what he wants you to study, who he wants you to marry, where he wants you to move, what job he wants you to take, what is his plan for the next step in your life. I enjoyed visiting with Christian yesterday, and he was talking about how he had some plans for the next year, and because of this accident now, they're either gone or at least put on hold for a good long time. And so he's going to work on having a more long-term goal because there's going to be a year to a year and a half of recovery from what he's been through. You know what? It doesn't hurt you to have some plans in place. And the best place for you to get a good feel for what you need to be doing next year and in the next five years is from you being in communion with God. That's the place. But the best thing about that is not that you know the next job to take, although that's a side benefit, or whatever the next step in your life that you're concerned with is, best thing is you get the best friend, and you get closer to the best friend you will ever have. Meditate on thee in the night watches. Get thinking about what he is doing. Get the focus off of you. Get thinking about what is God doing. An old preacher I heard recently made this statement look around notice what God is doing and get out of the way and let him <laughs> notice what God is doing and say Lord is there something I can help with you ever appreciate somebody that's doing something for you and you just want to do something to help I hope you feel that way about the Lord Notice what God is doing. Psalm 77, 12, I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of all thy doings. Get noticing what he's doing. Get noticing in what area he's working. And say, wow, boy, I don't know anything about that, but I'll encourage it. I'll talk about it. Maybe somebody else will. I'll pray about it. Notice what the missionaries are doing. Listen to those missionary letters. If you can't do anything to help, pray. If you can do something to help, do it. Ah, oh, you get involved in that, and you get involved in a great thing. Ah, yeah. oh, on a more human note, I guess, some of you young ladies, you find a young man that's serving God and close to God and following him, and you hook up and you help. Amen. Yeah, there might be somebody tell you, ah, oh, no. Don't you follow somebody. There's not a better plan for your life amen, than that. Amen. You find somebody loves God, living for God, working for God, has some direction from God, and you jump in and help. Amen. You won't find more satisfaction than that. And every single one of us, get looking and noticing what God's doing, think about what he's doing, meditate on what he's doing to the point it fills our mind and heart, and we're talking about what he's doing, and we're praying about what he's doing, that's why I read missionary letters in here just about every week. I guess I do about every week, don't I? 
I want us to know what God is doing. I want us to know that that abusive husband all the way over there in Africa, when his wife got saved and started to get baptized, heart was broke because he knew how real she was. He started taking his shirt off and everything to get down in the water to get baptized with her because he wanted a dose of what she had. And they had to tell him about, well, you got to get saved first, you know, and all that. Praise the Lord. That's God working. We ought to know about those things. Man, isn't it good to have a part in some stuff like that, some life-changing things like that? Yes. Praise the Lord. You know what God is doing? Psalm 143. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. I muse on the work of thy hands. That's why I had Brother Faggart come in here and tell us about Baptist history and these things and try to emphasize those things because that was God at work. I want to be familiar with how he works. I want to know and see how he did things. I want to know and see how he's doing things right now. Wouldn't you hate to think that the last time God worked was hundreds of years ago? <laughs> I'm glad he's doing some things now. I ain't got figured out how to do it as good as some of those old guys did. But I want to know where he is working and I want to do what little bit I can. If all I can do is go get the hammer and the nails, count me in. I'll be the gopher. Know about what God is doing. I'll tell you something else about meditating. It is enjoyable. Let's see here, Psalm 1. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night. His what? His delight he likes it. You know, you can addict yourself to anything. I've often given the illustration about if you see somebody really enjoys something, you can't help but kind of like it yourself. I've told about how when I was a little boy, Daddy liked football, and he was enjoying it so much, I, I wanted to see what the big deal was. I got sitting down there watching a little football with him. I got playing out in the yard with my friends and I'm a little boy and rough and tumble and everything and we're tackling each other and falling all over each other. Man, I was hooked. I loved football ever after that. Daddy liked it. My friends liked it. We were rough and tumble and somersaulting and falling all over the place. That's fun, man. Let me tell you something. You start meditating in the Word of God and seeing what He's doing, oh, you'll get loving it. I remember yeah. I used to like a Crocodile Hunter. Steve Irwin. You know why? He loved those animals. I didn't know anything about biology. I didn't know anything about those animals. But watching him, I mean, he would get this crocodile, and it'd be some female, and he'd say, look at how beautiful she is. It looks hideous to me, man. But he thought she was beautiful. <laughs> why? Because he loved crocodiles. I hated it when the poor guy died because he loved it. I've told you about some people that love, uh, you know, cooking. And some of those guys get so excited in their cooking shows and you can just see the excitement in their eyes as they do those things. And I don't know anything about cooking, but I can't help but catch a little bit of fire from it. Listen, you find somebody that meditates on the Word of God and loves it, you'll catch some fire from it. Paul uses that uh, device with them there, the, the house of... Uh, who's that family in... 1 Corinthians 16. What? So yeah, the house of Stephanus. First fruits of Achaia. He said they have addicted themselves to the ministry. He said, you follow them. You find somebody that's addicted themselves to the ministry and you follow them. You know how you'll do it? Sitting and thinking about it. Sitting and meditating on it. Sitting and thinking, boy, 
they're getting some fun out of that. I'm just sitting here scrolling social media trying to find something interesting. I'm so bored all the time. Hey, get a real life. <laughs> find somebody that's having some joy and follow. It's enjoyable. Psalm 104, 34 says, My meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. You know, there are a lot of people, there's nothing sweet in their lives, bless their hearts. There's nothing they're really glad about. Poor things, one thing after another, after another, after another is a disappointment. One relationship after another is a disappointment. One thrill they try after another is a disappointment. Like the woman at the well, I was seeking for things that could not satisfy. Hey, get a hold of something that does satisfy. You know what comes? What brings satisfaction? get in fellowship with God when you make friends with God it's enjoyable now here's the problem a lot of people have trouble with it has to do with his precepts his oh no here's the bad word his rules as we said this morning this Bible has a lot of rules in it and everybody's jumping back, scared to death. Oh, no, oh, no, don't worry. Oh, no, don't worry. We're not a bunch of rules. Uh, yes, you are. If you're a Bible-believing Christian, you sure are. <laughs> Romans chapter 12, Ephesians 4 and 5 uh, in the New Testament, the law in the Old Testament. I mean, I could, we could go on and on. But you know what? You get to know the author of all those rules, and you love them. Psalm 119, verse 15. I will meditate in thy precepts. A precept is a command, especially about moral conduct. Oh, I want somebody telling me how to live. You will if you get meditating on God. You will if you find out how wonderful God is. You'll like everything about him, including his rules. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. That's what he likes to sit and think about. Thy precepts, it said in Psalm 119.15, and have respect unto thy law. Psalm 119.78, let the proud be ashamed, for they dealt perversely with me without a cause, but I will meditate in thy precepts. The proud, oh, they dealt perversely with me. But I'll tell you what my mind is on. All your rules, God. You know why? Because they came from you. You know, if you like somebody enough, you like about everything about them. <laughs> There are people that get liking a certain sports star. And next thing you know, they know their background, where they grew up, what kind of car they like, what kind of food they like, what kind of spouse they have. The first one, the second one, and the third one. <laughs> they know everything about their lives, man. There are certain people like a certain movie star, athlete, rock star, country star, whatever, and they can tell you everything about them. You know why? They like everything about them because they decide they like that person. Now, if we can do that about some perverted, messed up person down here on earth, how much more should we be that way about God? His precepts, his commandments. Psalm 119, 48 says, My hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved, and I will meditate in thy statutes. Hey, David wasn't a loser. David was king. David was a musician. David was a great warrior. David was a success in many things that he put his hand to. The women sang songs about David. And he loved things about God. 
God said he's a man after my own heart. His precepts, his commandments. Furthermore, it's all day. How many of you know that something gets a hold of your mind and heart sometimes and that's what you think about all day? There are men around here, some of whom think about fishing just about all day, every day. They can tell you about the boat they have. They can tell you about the lure they use. They can tell you about the fish finder they bought down here at uh, Bass Pro Shop. They can tell you, oh, they can just talk fish, 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 fish. <laughs> Others talk about ball games, ball games, ball games. Some of the women sit and talk about relationships and clothes and this and that, and they can just go, 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 go. That's what they think about all day. Some sweethearts, all they do is think about each other all day long. <laughs> Almost get tired of thinking about each other, but they love each other too much. <laughs> you know what's good for a Christian? When they get thinking about God all day long. Psalm 119, 97, Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. It's all day. But now there will be times in life where you just aren't going to have the answer. There will be times in life where your relationship with God, as good as it is and as many answers as it, as it does have for you, you won't know exactly how he's going to make something turn out. Remember when the woman fell at the foot of the prophet and the servant went to thrust her away and he said, leave her alone. Something's happened and the Lord hasn't told me. Remember when uh, three Hebrew children thrown in the fiery furnace? They didn't know how that was going to turn out. They said, the God that we serve is able to deliver us, but if not, they didn't know. Daniel wasn't sure how that was going to work out in the lion's den. You know what the Lord says to his disciples? He says there's going to be some time of persecution. And he says, settle it therefore in your hearts not to meditate before what ye shall answer. There's going to be some times that you're just not going to know the answer. What you do there, you just trust and obey and you keep doing right and you stay steady. He'll, he'll get you out of the mess. He'll, his mama used to always say to me, you just stay right and Jesus will come walking on the water. Amen. Amen. But let me tell you something. This meditation, this will get you a whole lot of answers. And the ones you don't, you just still stay right and trust him. And as mama said, Jesus come walking on the water. All right, I'll tell you another thing uh, about meditation. There will be times you're going to have to meditate under tremendous distraction, we'll call it. One thing the devil doesn't like is he doesn't like your meditating in prayer time. And he will send some things to knock you off your high horse, somebody might say. And one of them will be persecution. You will need to focus, you'll need to meditate, you'll need to spend time with God, and he'll say, well, this will get you. Let me tell you what some of our Baptist forefathers have had to put up with. Government persecution. See that one in the jail over there, Weatherford, and they're cutting his hands? And the blood sprinkling on people? Yeah. That, now that'll get your attention. Can you still meditate when the government is threatening to throw you in jail? The apostles did. Our Baptist forefathers did. You mean business that much? Psalm 119.23 Princes also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. 
That got Elijah there that one time, didn't it? And I'm not running down Elijah. I have the utmost respect for Elijah. But after so sure he had won, here came some government persecution. Okay, I'm going to have you killed, the queen says. And out he goes. He's a little, he's a little discouraged, isn't he? The Lord says, all right, eat you a meal. All right, now go to sleep. All right, now get up and eat again. All right, now go back to sleep. I, that's one of my favorite places in the Bible. I hope he does that for me quite often. Get up and eat, lay down and sleep. Get up and eat, lay down and sleep. I love that. Amen. That's great. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for those good places in the Scripture. <laughs> just rest, just comfort. But you'll have to meditate sometimes when you're distracted. Can you trust God? to get you through and still keep your mind on him and not be worried sick and think how you're going to jump in there and fix the situation. It was when they get called before the government that he warned the disciples, uh, don't even meditate what you're, going to, what you're going to say. It'll be given to you. You just stay with me. Keep your eyes on me. Sometimes it'll be a terror. Isaiah 33, thine heart shall meditate terror. Yikes. Distraction. Uh, there are probably going to come some distractions. Now, right now, as we've said so many times, the economy's booming in Tennessee. We can't even keep up with it. Right now, times are good. But a year or two or three from now, it may not be. Can you still keep your eye on God when you're having to do without? I don't think Americans can. I don't think this generation of Americans could go through what that generation of Americans went through that came through the depression and then went right into World War II and hooked Japan on one side and Germany on the other side. I don't think this is the same bunch. I can look at pictures of them and tell you that ain't the same bunch. <laughs> God help us if hard times like that come again. We Bible-believing Baptists going to have to be meditating on His Word. Right now it's going good. Right now giving is up. Right now, the blessing of God is on us. Right now, everybody wants to come to Texas, Tennessee, and Florida. Right now, might not be the same as two or three years from now. Can you still meditate when the hard times come, as Granny used to tell us? All right, I'll give you one other thing about meditation, and we'll have to close. We've run out of my hour, and the kids won't let me go over an hour. All right, and that's duty. Duty. Once in a while, God's going to give you a big job. Maybe it's the job of your life. You know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to meditate. You're going to have to think. And you need to spend some time with him in your meditation. Not make your own plan, but following God's plan. Let's turn our Bibles to the famous passage in Joshua chapter 1. Joshua 1. i, I got to admit, I'm kind of glad I didn't have the job Joshua had. I would have hated to look at Canaan land and think about going in there and subduing that whole big thing. Taking that over. I mean, don't get me wrong, it'd be a thrill once you won, but I'd have been scared to death to go in there and face them. I would have. Thank God for Joshua's courage. But notice what the Lord says to him. He says, Joshua 1.8, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. 
Who are you spending time with? Who's whispering in your ear? Who's giving you your confidence? Or who's robbing you of your confidence? What if God Almighty had given him the victory and had given him the encouragement, but he didn't spend any time with God listening to him? He went over to these others that said, Hey, we've already worked the figures out. We've already figured, man, they've got us outnumbered 100 to 1, and they're more advanced in their weaponry. There's no way in the world we can win. And he sat and listened to them 15 times a day, rather than God who said, there will not be one man able to stand before you all the days of your life. Man, God was giving him a great promise. How would you like to be a military general and have a promise straight from God that not one man could stand before you all the days of your life? Wow! Or the promise that Solomon had that we preached about a few weeks ago that you're going to have wisdom. As a matter of fact, you're going to have wisdom like nobody in history has ever had. Wow! But you better be going back to God so that you get those kinds of promises. When it's time to do your duty, it's going to take some meditation. All right, one more. 1 Timothy chapter 4. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. You young people, you don't have to wait till you're 30. Start preparing and even doing some work for God. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Listen, you get a hold of these things and you sit and think about them, and you meditate on them, and you get following the plan God has for your life, he'll take care of who you marry. He'll take care of your training. He'll take care of your job. He'll take care of where you move. He'll take care of the next step. If you have your eye focused on him, and you spend your time with him. Now the world, the flesh, and the devil, they have some ideas about the next step in your life too. They, got, they may have several people they want you to marry. <laughs> I don't know. They may have several jobs that you can choose from. They may have several places that you can go. Hey, if you get a hold of God and you stay close to him and you do it every day and you do it multiple times a day. You know what Paul tells young Timothy here? He says, meditate on these things. And as we said, the word meditate means think deeply or focus one's mind. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. What is on your mind? What do you think about all day? I can't help but as I think about these things, think of the young people. But maybe there's some middle aged and some older people that haven't been meditating on God. Maybe there's some people who hadn't been thinking about the Lord. And it's been showing up in your spiritual life. Ah, oh, brethren, sister, let's think about Jesus so we can't help but talk about him and work for him. Get involved in what he's involved in. Very few things will help you like meditating on God. 
Your Heavenly Father, we thank you for the chance to read and study these things. And God, I pray that our mind be on you. I pray, Lord, that when we wake up in the morning,